afraid. Be very afraid. You're listening to Bloody Mary's Queer Horror Podcast. This episode, we're reviewing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is it a man in a mask or just aliens? No, it's me, Alex. <laughs> they, them. <laughs> and I'm the malevolent face in the back of your hair, Sean. <laughs> My pronouns are also they, them. Can you get a shampoo for that? <laughs> <laughs> Head, shoulders, and face. <laughs> um, <clears throat> some content warnings for uh, this film and discussion. Violence. Of course. Uh, ableism. Not of course, but of course. <laughs> yes. Uh, torture. Yes. Um, and spoilers. Of course, of course. Yes. Uh, and also, a little plug. Uh, since we last spoke, uh, we now also have a Twitter account. Um, part of the real modern world. Oh, God. Uh, and, What's the and, at? And the at is Bloody Mary's Pod. Lovely. And it's Mary's with a Z. As always. As always. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a slasher film by Toby Hooper. Or Tobe Or Tobe Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> and we've, all, we've already done one of his films, haven't we? Yes, I only realised today that he'd done uh, Poltergeist. Yes. That's uh, the only one, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. Um, he, uh, so the film was completed in 1973 and released on October the 1st, 1974. Um, much like another film that we have reviewed, uh, this was said to be uh, inspired by the real-life serial killer, although technically not a serial killer, as they only killed two people, uh, is Ed Gein. Well, Ed Gein only killed two people. Paul, 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 Paul. Yes. The rest were bodies dug up. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, so he was a good egg, really. <laughs> he wasn't a bad guy. <laughs> and Come what on. was the other film? Uh, I actually don't remember. Psycho. Oh, of course. Um, I think this is more explicitly inspired by him than Psycho is. Yeah. Um, because, uh, we won't go into it too much because we've spoken about him ad infinitum. Yeah, boring. Um, <laughs> <yawn>. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he kind of made furniture and masks out of cadavers yeah he um, but i was thinking the the slight difference obviously is that he mainly used, used the leather didn't he whereas that they used the, the, the bones for most mm. of their sculptures. yeah i feel like he he made other furniture out of bones though i feel like there was a chair or something probably maybe a lovely chair <laughs> lovely, lovely poof maybe <laughs> um so uh the character of leatherface is based on him and also, there's another horror film character based on him as well. Can you remember who? Come on. Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Oh. Um, yes, yeah, so he's quite prolific and is quite an inspirational figure. <laughs> <laughs> um, the complete budget of the film uh, was $140,000. Oh, wow. Which is nothing at all. And the vast majority of that was in post-production. Uh, so it went considerably over its budget. Um, it originally only had a two-week shooting schedule, but film filming ended up taking four weeks. Um, the cast was almost exclusively unknown actors. Um, oh, surprising. All local Texans. And also, apart from... None of the actors went on to have 
successful, kind of lucrative, well-known film careers um, after this. Um, not even Grandpa? Not even, <laughs> not even not even a little chicken in a cage. <laughs> um, so there were some working titles for the film. Um, Leatherface was one of them. Uh, Hedge Cheese was another. Oh, it makes sense now. I saw that as a working title. I know what it means now because of the film. But I yeah. was like, why is it called Hedge Cheese? Um, Stalking Leatherface was another one. And also Saturn in Retrograde, oh. uh, which I guess is a reference to... Astrology uh, stuff. Yeah, and what's her name? Pam. She's a bit into all that. I can't remember any of the characters' names. So I can refresh you thank as we you, go. Thank you. Um, and apparently, uh, a lot of the actors were quite disappointed when they found out it was going to be called Texas Chainsaw Massacre instead. Oh. Um, yeah. They, they thought Leatherface was a better name. Um, the um, So, uh, you may be familiar, listeners, with the difficulty of this film being uh, released based on its apparent gore. Um, so Hooper struggled to find a distributor um, because of the violence. Um, although there are approximately two ounces of blood used ah! in the entirety of the film, it's like I, I, I knew that it was that it was definitely not as bloody as we were led to believe it was. But I was even surprised rewatching it. There are some scenes where there's literally no blood. Like, you don't actually see anything in some of them. No, so the, the meat hook, the first guy being cut up with the chainsaw. There's not a drop of blood in, yeah. in those scenes, and the rest of it is only like little splashes here and there. Um, so, um, he had intentionally kept it blood free because he wanted it to have a PG rating. Um, well, how would that even happen? I know. I th- it's a family comedy. <laughs> <laughs> he did see it as a comedy. He did say, well, maybe not a comedy, but he said that he, he was sad that it was only in later years that it was appreciated as being quite a funny film. Right. Uh, because everyone was too horrified to appreciate that it's quite silly. Um, I'd say it's primarily a horror of a comedy. Oh, I mean, it definitely like. is. But I think his intention was for it, for, for it to be a funny horror film. Right. Um, where it de- definitely wasn't perceived in that way um, at the time. <laughs> his sense of humor's a bit off, I think. <laughs> I love it. You, you, you just wouldn't get it. <laughs> um So, uh, eventually... Um, uh, it, 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 there's, a, there's a theory that actually not having any blood made the film more scary. Um, but uh, yeah, eventually the ratings board settled on an R rating, uh, originally wanting an X rating. Uh, and he kind of uh, begrudgingly accepted that, realising probably that he was fighting a bit of a losing battle. Um, so the distribution uh, of the the, the, orig- the film's original distributor was a company uh, which was had connections to the mafia. Yeah. Um and uh, they used the money to launder profits uh, that were made from a film from two years earlier called Deep Throat. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We went to see an exhibition about Deep Throat well, at the yeah. Sex Museum in yeah, yeah. New York. Um, yeah, so the... Um, uh, yeah, there was some sort of financial drama in the follow in kind of in the following years based on, like, the money being laundered and kind of the... the, the a cast being severely underpaid in this film. Um, the um, When it was first released, it's another one of these kind of classic films from this period where people were walking out of the cinema and collapsing and God. <laughs> vomiting and all that <laughs> nonsense. Um, so the film in uh, took a lot longer to be um, released in Europe. Um, in, in the UK, uh, it got a very, very limited run in 1975, just in London. Um, but it was banned in 1977. Um, but do you know why it was banned? 
Because it had the word chainsaw in the title. Is it? Yeah, and in the UK, I saw that accident when I was doing, trying to figure out a backstory. I assumed it was just the violence. No, it's because they didn't like the the fact that the chainsaw was being used as a weapon, and they they took on bridge with that being in the title. So weird. I don't know if it's because it was so horrific. It is weird, because you also, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for them to rename a film for a different... For distribution in a different country, yeah. which would have been an easier option if that was the only thing. That's what it said um, in my red. So it was banned again in 1977, banned again in 1984, and then in 1999, uh, it was properly released properly. Proper, proper. Yeah. Um, 25 years after it was first banned. Ooh. And that's when you first saw it, isn't it? Yeah, I went to see it at the cinema when it was re released. And that was the first time I'd seen it because it was banned, banned. Mm. Um, so the film was a success, I expect largely because it was banned. Um, the uh, And it went on to spawn a big franchise. There are like three sequels, all of which follow on from this film and ignore the other sequels. Um, oh. There's a prequel, which I think we watched together, and there's a remake as well. None of them are especially good. Um, <laughs> the So director oh, Toby Hoopy. Hoopy? Hoopy! <laughs> Toby Hoopy. <laughs> I'm so anxious about getting his first name right that I get his second name wrong. Toby Hoopy. Um, uh, he said that he got the idea for uh, for the film. He was standing in a hardware store uh, during uh, a busy Christmas shopping period. And uh, he was imagining ways to quickly get through the crowds. And he saw a chainsaw. Ah! And that was his inspiration. Um, so the guy who does the opening uh, narration uh, that says it was a true story, which of course it's not, is an actor called John Larroquette. Um, and according to him, he his only payment for doing the that opening uh, narration was a marijuana joint. Oh, a doobie for your a marijuana your cigarette, yes. Mary Jane. <laughs> yes, um, he also says that he has never seen the film. Uh, well, he did say before he died. Um, I will never see this yeah, film. He had no interest, apparently. Um, he's also one of only two people from who were involved in the film, the other being Toby Hoopy, um, <laughs> who Hoopy. who actually went on to have... Who, well, I mean, he already did, but went on to have, like, actual film careers. Um, so Marilyn Burns, who plays Sarah, uh, the lead, kind of the final girl. Oh, okay. Um, uh, she uh, got herself quite a lot of injuries during the uh, making of the film, yeah. uh, mostly from running through bushes and twigs. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, she was like cut to ribbons, apparently. And some of the blood that we see on her body and clothes is real. Oh my god! Uh, from those scenes. Um, for the so the leap through the, the leap through the window, of which there are two. It's so hilarious. Um, oh, she's not called Sarah at all. She's called Sally. Um, Sally. Sally. Of course, Sally. Of course. Sally. I might say it lots of times because in my notes I've written Sarah. Um, uh, so she jumped through the window twice during the film. There's a comment uh, that I read somewhere saying that there are more uh, examples of her jumping through a window than there are people being killed by a chainsaw. <laughs> um, should really be called Sally's Window Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a stunt double used for her throwing, her out, throwing herself out of the window. But, yeeting herself. <laughs> yeeting herself out of the window. But on one of them, um, when they inserted her afterwards kind of jumping and landing she injured herself just doing the kind of pretend landing um so uh the character of leatherface is the most iconic character from the film um uh, is played by uh, gunnar hansen uh he wore lifts in his shoes which you can see he's essentially wearing high heels Mm. and uh so he ended up being six foot four yeah which meant uh, yeah which meant he had to duck going through doors 
um, and it was quite perilous, and he'd had lots of whoopsies, whoopsies. It, banging his head on things and stuff. Um, but apparently, when he was uh, in the scenes where he's chasing Sally, even with the lifts on, he could outrun her. So that's why you see him kind of like cutting at branches and stuff to kind of slow himself down a bit so that it doesn't look like he's yeah, running slow. Because there's a bit where she's, he's running towards the house, like chasing her, and he looks like he's moving so fast. Yeah. Like for a person that size as well, it looks really kind of In like, heels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In a mask with a chainsaw. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, it looks incredible. Yeah. So, um, the, you pointed out when we were watching actually, there's a bit when he's dressed up as the grandma where he, um, he, uh, he he kind of mumbles rather than speaks. He kind of just makes noises. Mm. But there's one bit where he does. It does sound like he's saying, "I'm not kidding." Or yeah, something. yeah. Um, so apparently, um, Toby Hoopy uh, sat with him and and uh, and told him what the lines meant, but he didn't want it to be clear. It kind of reminds me of Pingu. Like you know, <gasps> when you listen to Pingu, you can kind yeah, of tell yeah. what they're saying sometimes, even though they're just going noot noot noot. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's there was a bit where. Um, there was one take where he communicated too clearly and Hooper stopped him and was like, this is too intelligent for your character. Um, so, and uh, afterwards, Hansen said that that was his one chance to have a line. Oh. <laughs> it was um, so most of the actors didn't actually meet the guy playing Leatherface uh, or even see him in his costume until it was time to record a scene with Amazing. him. Um, which must have been terrifying. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, apparently... Then, who's this lovely lady? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had the pleasure. Or Chante. <laughs> then your sister's here. <laughs> and your mother. <laughs> um, so, uh, Toby Hooper apparently gave, uh, Gunnar Hansen quite a lot of freedom, um, in developing the backstory of his own character. Um, and the, um, he decided that Leatherface was, uh, a mentally, uh, uh like disabled character um uh and he apparently studied people with disabilities in order to we'll get on to this in, when we talk about representation to to uh in order to kind of prepare for this role um but he tried to make a sensitive portrayal ah! i know i know what? and uh, this is from the uh the trivia bit of a website so I, it might not be true but um apparently many fans including those with mental disabilities have said that he succeeded in being unoffensive (laughs) we can revisit that (laughs) we can revisit that um so uh the guy who played grandpa um uh john uh duggan or dugan um after having the makeup put on for the first time said that he wasn't prepared to go through that process again um, so all of the scenes filmed with him in had to be filmed in one sitting, uh, which took 36 hours. Um, <laughs> um, like, it didn't even look that good. Like It, it, it looked like, like a mask. It yeah, like, like a mask put on rather than a, like, yeah. Oh, this was too arduous. Put this yeah. mask in. Well, it did take five hours. Oh, wow. Um, but the... Um, uh, apparently that scene where um, Sally is with the family at the dinner table was the most uh, arduous to film. Wow. Because, uh, so it was in, uh, it was during a, a heat wave uh, in summer and the temperature was over 100 degrees. Um, and in the in at night time, it was down to like 80 degrees. Um, and the food on the table was all going off immediately. Uh... So it stank in there. They, could, they couldn't have any air conditioning or fans on. 
um, and people would have to leave, like cast and crew would have to leave to go outside to be sick to come back in to <sighs> film again because of the heat and the, the smell of yeah, it all. I think you can feel the heat in different <clears throat> parts of the film, like just looking at the actors. Yeah, definitely. Like... I think there's something... I think there's something a little bit kind of genre-defying about having it set in such a visibly humid climate. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, normally there's kind of like, I don't know, it's, it's horror films about kind of coldness. Um, it's true. And well, I mean, it's also quite rare in the fact that it's a lot of it's in the daytime, isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, almost all of it. Like the nighttime bits we don't really see much of outside. I really forgot that there was even nighttime in it until we were watching it this time. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so the guy who played the hitchhiker... Edward Neal, Edwin Neal, uh, he said afterwards, uh, referring to that fil- that scene, he said, filming that scene was the worst time of my life and, <laughs> I, and I'd been in Vietnam with people <gasps> trying to kill me. So I guess that shows how bad it was. Oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so apparently the um, the lack of ventilation and the food rotting uh, meant that, they, they're like, that the, there were genuinely kind of like worries about people's Safety. health yeah. um yeah so um uh and because of the very low budget um leatherface only had one shirt to wear um and the shirt had been dyed so it wasn't allowed to be washed so he had to wear it for four straight weeks uh. um and apparently uh in between shooting no one wanted to stand anywhere near him because he smelt so bad like, i know <laughs> um especially because he's wearing a lot of like he's He's dressed up yeah, for most of it. Lots of yeah, layers. <laughs> um, yeah, and apparently uh, Sally's clothing was so drenched in fake blood that it was like solid on the last day of the uh. shoot. <laughs> um, so uh, following uh, the film, the guy who played the hitchhiker, Edwin Neal, um, was, uh, he was uh, approached by some Texas state troopers who shook his hand uh, to thank him uh, because apparently crime had dropped 18% following the release of the film. Uh, because uh, the number of people who were willing to pick up hitchhikers had dropped so significantly. <laughs> what crime because of hitchhikers? Yeah, apparently so. Oh, if it was so commonplace, why was it so commonplace for hitchhikers to exist? That's interesting. I don't know that. Yeah. Um, so the um, the the Sawyer family house, which is Leatherface's house, um, has is now no longer there. It's now just an open field. But the house has been moved and fully restored, um, and is now open as a cafe. Um, the cafe. And yeah, um, and it's like a tourist spot. I wonder if it's decorated like the house is, yes. like with the bones and all that. Oh uh, well, it's it's got like kind of film memorabilia and stuff okay. like, from what I can gather. Grandpa at the end of the table. <laughs> yeah, <you've> got, <laughs> payment is one one suck of your finger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so another unintended uh, outcome of this film was the number of people who converted to vegetarianism. Um, including director Guillermo de, Guillermo del Toro, um, although not indefinitely, just for a little while. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro is in the person... The director. Well, the famous director. Yeah, like the orphanage and... Uh, was involved in this one, we just watched no, it. No, from watching it, he became uh, a vegetarian. Yeah, I was going to say, it felt a bit like a kind of like, until this time watching it, quite kind of like a sort of anti-meat propaganda. Well, I only picked that up because I'd read this before watching it. But yeah, it's got like kind of meat as murder vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, there's quite a lot of gruesome shots of meat, like quite close up. Yeah. And then like, and also like, there was just like, obviously it started with the cattle farm. And then it's like, I thought it was meant to be that the theme was that like, humans in this case were being used as cattle and so mm. they were getting a taste of their own medicine as meat mm. um, and that was the messaging behind it because then at the end 
the the truck that saves her is also a cattle yeah. like farm, so she's being collected essentially by the cattle yeah. bus. Anyway, no, the that's... cattle bus. Get um, on the cattle bus. <laughs> <laughs> beep beep. Um, yeah, and also the there's no so this the original score for the film features no musical instruments. It's all just like abattoir sounds. Oh. Um, so there is some like incidental music played on like radios and stuff, but other than that, it's all just like saws and yeah, the sounds are really noises. effective. I think. Um, and, um, yeah, um, so it was the biggest grossing uh, independent film until it was the grossest. It was the grossest film, film <laughs> until Halloween four years later. Oh. Um, and uh, as mentioned before, only one person is killed by a chainsaw in the film, um, and only two people are struck with a chainsaw while alive, and one of them is Leatherface because he accidentally oh, cuts yeah. his own leg. Um, so all of the animal corpses around the the house uh, were borrowed from a local vet. No. Um, and I say borrowed, they weren't returned. They were <laughs> given but to, by a local vet. Here you go, you uh, moldy <laughs> And when production finished, they... Um, Had a lovely barbecue. They Well, they, <laughs> they just burnt them all out the back of the house because mm. they didn't know how to get rid of them. Um, so the scene where we see Leatherface cutting his leg at the end uh, was the final shot to be filmed. It sounds like this was filmed fairly... It doesn't say it anywhere, but judging... It sounds like it was filmed fairly chronologically. Um, so it was the final scene was uh, that to be filmed was the, him cutting his leg, and uh, he was wearing a metal plate over his leg, um, so the saw was hitting that um, with a piece of meat and like a blood bag. Yeah, there. yeah. And uh, but when he screams, that's a genuine scream of pain because the metal heated up so quickly from the friction oh, of the friction. saw, and he be- he thought it was cutting, he was into, cutting him. into him. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, uh, and that's. That that's all of the the facts for now. That's that's great facts. Thanks, Thank Sean. The film which you're about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths, in particular Sally Hardesty and her. Trigger warning. Invalid brother, um, Franklin. It's all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have been expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer oh, yeah, idyllic. <laughs> afternoon drive became a nightmare. I'd argue it was never an idyllic no, <laughs> drive. No, 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 no. Um, the events of that day would lead to, to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And for that, he was paid a doobie. A do- one a doobie. One please. doobie, please. Um, so... Uh, the film begins with uh, a group of uh, fun friends in a van. Uh, the characters are as follows. Uh, Sally Hardesty, um, her uh, her brother Franklin, who, uh, according to this synopsis that I found, is paraplegic. Uh, he's in a wheelchair, anyway. Oh, right. Um, the, uh, and their friends, uh, Jerry, who is driving and has like a little sort of 70s fuzzy sort of curly number hair mm-hmm. and big glasses. Uh, Kirk... And Pam. So uh, at the beginning, there's a corpse in a in a graveyard that's being dug up, and it's being sort of displayed on top of a a totem of some sort. Mm. Um, and we're told that lots. It's, we hear a newscaster kind of reading over, and we hear that there's been lots of bodies dug up and kind of displayed or mutilated in grotesque ways. Um, 
And uh, the purpose of this uh, idyllic afternoon (laughs) uh, road trip is for them to go and see uh, if their grandfather, who's buried there, is one of the ones whose grave has been robbed. Um, So uh, the dynamics between the friends is quite odd. Uh, Franklin is treated quite poorly by the rest of them. Everyone, yeah, they take the piss out constantly. And I remember when I watched it, well, I I went into it watching it this time, and I've not seen it for a few years, thinking, remembering him as a very annoying character, and this time I felt really sorry for him. No, I think I'm quite sympathetic to him and everyone else is a dick. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. But in the past, I remembered finding him really desperately unpleasant. That's how they want you to. Yeah. How they want you to think. It is. Um, But this time, I'm stronger than that. I know better. Um, So... uh, so since they're in the in the neighbourhood, uh, after finding out that what that that grave isn't one that's been uh, desecrated, uh, they decide to visit uh, an old their their grandparents, Sally and Franklin's grandparents' house. Oh uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is uh, empty and run down and uh, desolate. Um, Might as well. So they have a wander around. Um, well, actually, before they get there, there's quite an important plot point, which is they pick they decide to pick up a hitchhiker. Um, so the hitchhiker is, uh, another potentially problematic character who, um, seems a bit sort of feral. Yeah. Um, There's lots of, uh, kind of, um, uh, kind of stereotypes of like, uh, sort of redneck sort of uh, yeah. very unintelligent sort of inbred kind sort of, of, yeah, yeah we, we'll go into that later, but, um, but yeah, so he, um, he sits in, in the back, and at first he's kind of quite charming in a weird way, if not a bit weird. Well, um, I don't know, they immediately refer to him as Dracula, which I was like, I don't see that. Because, but... because he's come from the abattoir, um, oh. or the slaughterhouse, or whatever it is. And uh, Franklin does have a really strong interest in the abattoir, and yeah, the slaughterhouse, and he kind of probes him about it, and he's asking about how um, like how the animals are killed there, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Um and Franklin's got like a little pocket knife that he's been like kind of picking at his nails with or something. Yeah. Um, and this uh, this guy kind of snatches it off himself and cuts his left hand um, uh, I, with the, the knife. Yeah. Um, while the others all scream and then he kind of gives it back. And then he, um, he ta- he's got this big, huge Polaroid camera. Yeah. And he takes a photograph of, um, of, he kind of scans around and then he decides to take one of Franklin and then he t- he gets the photo out and he demands two dollars for it. Um, Franklin says no, so he sets sets light to the uh, to the Polaroid, photograph yeah, yeah. Uh, and in tin foil and then wraps it up and puts it in this little light. Yeah, he covers it in like gunpowder or something to set it on fire. Yeah. It's a really like laborious way of getting rid of it. <laughs> yeah, um, and then but he scrunches the the foil and puts it in this little like furry meat purse it looks like it's like a little chicken hanging around his neck made of fur (laughs) (laughs) it's nice it's stylish um and then uh, they all freak out and they kick him out of the the van and drive on he kind of like smears a bit of blood from his hand onto the the van Uh, so they then get to the gas station um to uh to try and refill um but the gas station, they meet this one guy who is who kind of washes the front of their van for no particular reason, and the other guy that's like, oh, we 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 don't have any fuel. We'll have some tomorrow. Um, you can stay here for a barbecue. Blah blah blah. And they're like, no, no, we're going to go and visit this house. So then they go and visit this house that's all run down and blah blah blah. Um, and uh, Franklin tells Kirk and Pam about when he was younger. There was a swimming pool, like a swimming hole, a creek, a creek, yes. 
a swimming pool. Um, <laughs> a lovely swimming pool. And they uh, they go off to find it. Um, they, you know, which bit I've completely forgot to mention, which is right at the beginning, uh, which is a really horrible scene. They they pull over. This is before the hitchhiker or anything. They they pull over. Oh um, yeah, I didn't and, know whether you missed on purpose. And they put down some wooden planks uh, to to like wheel Franklin out because he needs to have a wee. So he he urinates in like a little bucket thing, like co- co- coffee can. Yeah, and then this big like eighteen wheeler or something goes past and like blows up a load of debris, and the kind of the velocity of it kind of. Uh, like knocks Franklin down in his down wheelchair down this big hill and he like rolls down and kind of um and then it's not mentioned again. Yeah, like I think it must have been for laughs that bear, which is obviously not very nice. It isn't and the, the yeah, and also like they they're really kind of, they get really fed up of Franklin being a bit like kind of whiny, but it's like he has ha- he has just rolled down a big massive fuck off hill and been s- uh, stash. Oh, I didn't mention that he was. Oh my god, you did a great job. I'm doing the this. worst job. <laughs> so the uh, so after the burning of the photograph, the hitchhiker also cuts Franklin's arm with his own like scalpel with his own blade, his own blade. Scalpel, yes, yeah. um, and the rest of this will be flawless. I'm sure. Of it. Um, so uh, they go down to this uh, this creek, and it's all dried up. There's nothing there. And then they notice that there is a, um, a house nearby and they go up to it. There's lots of kind of weird things swinging in the trees and like a sort of graveyard of old cars. Yeah. And then uh, they knock on the door. There's no one there. Um, Jerry, no, Kirk goes Ooh. in saying, we're looking for some gas, blah, blah, blah. He, he just walks in. And then Pam's just waiting outside on like a sort of swing. Yeah. And then we see Leatherface appear for the first time. Um, he's wearing his first mask, which is quite a generic mm-hmm. uh, leather face mask and a big apron. And he immediately bashes him with a hammer. And then Kirk starts to like twitch on the floor, which we've heard already is what the animals do when yeah, they get yeah. hit. So he hits him again. And then Pam realizes he's not come back for a while. So she goes in as well. Um, she goes into a room uh, that's full of um, uh, furniture made from human bones and like loads of little bones all over the floor. Yeah, loads of feathers. And it's yeah. Just so, yeah, it looks quite manky. Yeah, and she trips over and she starts like screaming and then uh, Leatherface uh, appears as uh, she tries to flee um, and then this is probably one of the most famous scenes from the film, I think, where she, Leatherface catches her and then lifts her up and like uh, impales her on a meat hook. Yeah. Um, didn't mention in the... Uh, bit at the beginning how that bit was done so um she was hung up by invisible like wires uh, by a crotch and she had to wear like loads loads of maxi pads to kind of like stop them from like digging in too much that's so weird you don't ever see her legs floating above the air like so yeah i I guess for the because you only see her from the kind of chest up but i guess for the illusion of being suspended as she's reaching for the the like hook behind her um but apparently it was very painful for her to be hanging that that way she could be there for a maximum of a minute um, and lots of her screams were genuine pain. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so uh, so she, she's hanging. Again, again, in this bit, you don't see any blood. And then uh, he, uh, Leatherface, then butchers Kirk with a chainsaw as mm. she watches. Um, but again, there's no blood to be seen. Um, so back at the van, Jerry then heads out to look for um, for Pam and Kirk as the sun's starting to set. He sees the house uh, and uh, he, he walks into the house as well. He goes into the kitchen and he hears a noise from in the freezer 
opens it and Pam is still in there, sort of semi-alive. And she kind of like sits sits up. But before anything, he can do anything, a leather face comes in and bashes him. Boinks him on Boinks the head. Him. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Sally and Franklin back at the... Uh, at the van are obviously very, very worried. It's now pretty much very, very, very worried. Very, very worried. Frightfully um, worried. <clears throat> they decide to go together to try and find, after lots of bickering, uh, to try and find them. Um, but then once they set out, uh, Leatherface appears from nowhere and kills Franklin with a chainsaw. Yeah. And you do see a little bit of blood there. That's the first time. But you don't see anything that happens to Franklin. You just see it from, like, the back of the chair with Leatherface. It's, like, yeah. moving. It's, like... Getting tiny bits of blood. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. Um, it's very cleverly done, I think. Um, but, yeah, I should also say, so Franklin, sta- his uh, he stayed in character the whole time, like, complaining and whining. Yeah. Um, and Sally didn't realise this, the person playing Sally, and she hated him. They really didn't get on. And she said her favourite part of filming was when he was killed off because he wasn't going to be in it. Ah! She hated um, <laughs> performing with him. Um, so then Sally runs towards the face. The face? She runs towards the face. <laughs> what are you trying to say? The house. <laughs> she runs towards the face. <laughs> to, the, to the house. Uh, and she finds... Uh, an elderly couple upstairs. She runs up and she finds this elderly couple who look kind of shriveled. The grandpa, <laughs> somewhat the 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 mother, the grandmother, very much a corpse, very much a prune of a woman. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she has no thighs. She's, she's a grandma jerky. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Um, she's pursued by Leatherface and then she jumps out of uh, of the window from the first floor. Um, and it's the first time we see her jumping from window. And she runs all the way back to the gas station. The guy who runs the gas station tries to calm her down, offers her some help, uh, goes out to get the van to take her to uh, to uh, somewhere to get call for help because there's no phone she there. Says, yeah, there's no phone um, for the police. Uh, but when he comes back, he comes in with a sack, and then she sees him taking like a rope out of the sack, and then she grabs a knife, and then he beats her with a broom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which again is a funny. It's, it's a funny a scene. Funny um, and then uh, he uh, he ties her up and then uh, gags her and then forces her into the truck and drives back to Leatherface's house. Um, and we find out that he is Leatherface's brother. Oh, um, I thought he was dad. No, so apparently all three of them are brothers. Oh. And they've got grandpa as well. But uh, Toby Hooper has said afterwards that he realises it's very ambiguous and misleading because the age difference between uh, him and the others. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, uh, as he's arriving, the hitchhiker is also arriving, who we now realise is also a brother. Um, and the hitchhiker recognises Sally uh, when the kind of mask has been taken off her. And he's like, I thought you said you were in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they um, they torment her. Um, and Leather, Leatherface, uh, we see in her second costume of the day, <laughs> which is... Uh, it's got a lovely apron on, and she's serving up dinner with a sort of old grandma mask on. I didn't. I, I even this time round, when I was, I did a little research of the film, realized that there were different masks, and there was a lady one and a man one. I thought he had the same mask all the way through. I it hadn't. I I could picture the woman one and picture the generic one, but it, I'd forgotten that there was. was a, he kind of changed one. them for different occasions, and the old lady one I'd forgotten about entirely. Um, the. Uh, so then uh, he's serving dinner. The Leatherface and the Hitchhiker bring down uh, Grandpa from downstairs into the uh, into the dining room, um, and uh, they uh, they sit round the table. Because you think Grandpa's dead, I think. Yeah, you're yeah, you're supposed well, to. Yeah. 
and they um they cut her finger and then feed her finger to grandpa and he sort of like suckles on it he does a little um, dance in his chair. oh yeah like like a baby uh <laughs> nursing <laughs> sort of like wriggling <laughs> um so they're all sat around the uh the table and it's quite a long scene where not a lot happens there's just lots of like kind of manic screaming and reacting and like teasing and yeah. kind of very close-ups of her eyes and stuff um and they say that they're gonna let grandpa uh kill her because he's the best killer um, and they kind of lean her head over a bucket and give her a grandpa a hammer, but he's he's got no grip, so he can't kind of. They managed like with Leatherface kind of using <laughs> Leatherface is now in the third outfit, which is a lovely suit um, and a beautiful lady, lady face with makeup. <laughs> yes, is it like blue eyeshadow and red lipstick? Yeah, and like little blush. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is. Um, uh, so it. Uh, while they're trying to get him to hit her with a hammer, um, she breaks free, jumps through a, yet another window. Not another one. I was thinking though, it's quite rare for characters to jump through windows in horror films. I feel like people generally like think about it and don't actually. Do or they it. just keep running upstairs and upstairs yeah, yeah, and upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, not and to do it twice, twice in one day. Um, so she uh, she runs to the road. Uh, the hitchhiker and Leatherface chase after her. Um, uh, Leatherface has got the chainsaw. Um, and then a truck drives past uh, and hitches... No. Hit, ah! Hits the hitchhiker. Yeah. Uh, and he gets killed, presumably. Um, oh, yeah. He goes right under the wheels. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and then uh, he... Uh, the driver um, tries to help her. Um, he gets out to see what he hit and she... And then sees Leatherface coming towards them. So he jumps in and she jumps in with her. And then she gets out the other side. Um, and so does the driver. Yeah, reason. I'm not sure why they don't just stay in it. Um, or drive away. So uh, the driver runs away. Um, and then Sally uh, runs away. The uh, Leatherface uh, is knocked down with a wrench at some point. Uh, by Oh, by the driver. Yeah, yeah. And then he falls over and the chainsaw goes into his leg. This allows... Uh, the driver to run away and Sally to run into to jump into the back of a passing pickup truck. Um, and then we see the kind of the other probably most iconic scene, which is Leatherface as the sun's kind of rising, uh, him kind of like flailing around, almost like dancing. Yeah, with, yeah. With the, with the chainsaw. Um, and then the film ends. There she am. So we're still experimenting a little with the, the format of this. So forgive this as if, if it's a little chaotic. But before we get to Because otherwise the... it's perfectly polished. Yes, <laughs> un- un- unlike our usual um, perfect polish. Uh, perfect polish. <laughs> um, so we're just going to come up with a few hot takes before we get to the talking about representation. Sure, sure, sure. Um, would you like me to get, begin with one of mine? Please do. Uh, mine is um, that I find the character of Leatherface a little bit more sympathetic than I remembered him being. What? How? Well, let me tell you as follows. So, I mean, this is this is a spicy take that's only partially tongue in cheek. <laughs> so, I believe in Texas there is a law that you have the right to defend yourself if someone breaks oh, and enters into your house. Right. And the first three people who are killed break into his house. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Only right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the other thing is, like, I think there's like a softness to him. 
Yeah, there was like an effeminacy that I noticed this time that I didn't. Well, I've only seen it once, and it was that like one time at the cinema many years ago. But like, um, like he did like a little bit of a sort of campness about the way he moves, and like sort of a little sachet. Yeah, I think part of that, as I said when we're watching it, I think part of that is because he's tottering around in heels. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there is, and also there's a bit where um, there's a few bits where he looks like scared, like the um, so after after he's bashed like Jerry to death. Then he runs over to the window and looks out as if he's worried about more people coming. Yeah. And, he, and it kind of does a really, like, big, it's the only real close-up of his face. And, like, um, his big puppy dog eyes. He's, he's so scared. He, he, looks, he, does, he looks worried, though. Yeah. And, then, and then later, the guy from the petrol station is, like, shouting at him when he's dressed up as grandma. Yeah. And he looks, he's, like, cowering. And he's obviously just kind of doing as he's told. Yeah. Um, and then he, um, yeah, and there's... Uh, <laughs> There's the fact that he also has these other two personas. <laughs> helpful cooking grandma and like beautiful dinner time uh, lady face. <laughs> um, and there's also a bit where I think it's where he gets a fright from uh, off Sally at one point. Like he like is taken aback and kind of cowers from her as well, which Whoa, is very unusual to see. Um yeah, I think he's he's a he's a complex character as Leatherface. Quite strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the way that. Well, I think going back to the sort of idea that I kind of like came up with it, that it suddenly felt like it was definitely like an anti-meat kind of like almost like a polemic because it was just like the way he was killing them was very much a kind of like just a complete mirror of what they were talking about with the killing of the the animals of the kind of abattoir and that like it was kind of like an extension of that to the point where it kind of didn't seem. Like, to him, possibly, if he'd worked at the abattoir, I guess everyone works there because it's like, what else is there? Um, that it was like killing the people was like, he did it the same way he probably would have killed the cows at the abattoir. Um, like, they're quite kind of like, it looks quite kind of strategic and like very kind of like thought through and very swift in a way. Like, the way he just like bonks someone on the head like really hard. Yeah. And like, Almost humane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, there's the kind of that makes sense with the kind of dispassionateness of it all. Yeah, like it only really becomes a taunting game for Sally at the end. Yeah, um, and that's almost as like a little gift to Grandpa. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, it's funny because I don't know how you're meant to feel about them because it's like I wonder like because obviously it's kind of like the fact that they're all obviously hippies and they're kind of like hippies. Do you not think the or not the not the Leatherface family? The, oh the yes, man. oh yes, of course. Um, yeah, the, oh. the kids. God. Um, <laughs> like she's obsessed with all that astrology stuff and keeps going on about it. And then like um, she's a vegetarian as well, isn't she? Oh yeah. She um she comments she doesn't want to hear anything about slaughterhouse because well, she yeah, thinks it's barbaric. Yeah, this is why it seems so obvious to me that it was meant to be like an anti-meat thing. Anyway. Um, but then, like, um, and then just, like, I don't know how you're meant to feel about them, whether you're meant to kind of be annoyed by them in a way or, like, find them irritating, because, like, when they get to the house, for example, and it's all dilapidated, they're running around screaming like annoying children. And yeah. it's just, like, and they just seem quite irritating, and it's just, like, and, and they're, they're, them, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and they are so cruel to Franklin. Yeah. Although, I don't think Franklin is meant to be sympathetic. No. Um, but I think we found him sympathetic because yeah. we're nice people. Yeah. Um... <laughs> um yeah, it's odd. The um, so one thing that I'd completely misremembered about this. So I've seen it millions of times, but not for quite a long time. And in my memory, he wasn't explicitly named Leatherface in the film. I thought it was one of these things, you know, like with like Ghostface in Scream, yeah, yeah. where he's not called that in the films. That's just how he's referred to, kind of uncanonically. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but he 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 is. I think there's a bit where where he goes up to help uh, the hitchhiker to carry Grandpa in his little chair. Yeah, um, I think he says, "Hey, Leatherface, come help me with Grandpa." Yeah, yeah. Um, and also that they and had I originally if that's actually just like a nickname or like him just being a bit cheeky rather than the actual yeah. name in which case. But also that was the working title for the film as well. So yeah, yeah. it was obviously they did obviously have that in mind as his name from the start. Um, so yeah, so the, the other bit that I completely misremembered. And I was certain that it ended differently. I was convinced that when she's in the uh, the van at the end being taken away, that the person in who's driving turns around, which they do briefly. Yeah, yeah. And that you immediately saw that it was the guy from the uh, the older petrol brother station. from the petrol station taking her back that to the house again. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. It was just no. some random person. The, I don't know how I've... The other bit that I completely misremembered, but I kind of understand how, because like basically the scene that it's from is like so chaotic, is when she wakes up, um, like she, I think she just screams herself unconscious. Um, and when she's like woken up... Uh, again no, she passes out from having the blood sucked. Oh, uh, like yeah. Um, but the, I thought I remembered her waking up and uh, the screaming just being a solid sound... And that it cut, the cuts were just basically directly in towards her eyeball, like just like ch- 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 closer and closer and closer uh, until you see the veins. But that actually is quite kind of dispersed throughout loads of other bits. Quite a long scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think there's lots of like really interesting kind of like uh, directorial choices in the film mm. that kind of make it quite kind of unique in the way that it is. And so much as like there's lots of kind of really close up like shots of really gruesome things. But they're done so close, like with the bones and with the meat and the, like the the and and with the screaming that it becomes quite hard to kind of understand it takes what you're while. looking yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it kind of adds to the horror and the idea of like your eyes darting around if you're scared. Like I think it kind of like really works on that level mm. where it's just like I can't remember seeing a film like that does that in that way where it's like just darting around to other like shots of really close up kind of like scary weird things um because it really helps with the fact that actually nothing's happening yes <laughs> yes this I, this is what i thought i was like i re- i remembered it being a very short film i remembered it being quite a sparse film in that nothing that it's not there's no plot no. um but there are actual long moments where nothing happens and that is quite an action-packed moment compared to some of the other bits where yeah. it's like where franklin and her in the dark are running to the, are going to the house just before Franklin gets killed. That's a long scene of nothing happening. And the beginning is very, very slow. They don't get to the, to the Sawyer's house until 35 minutes, nearly 40 minutes into the film. Yeah. Um, and that's the first time we see Leatherface. And that's like pretty much nearly half the film. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> and uh, like the chase scene for her after Franklin is killed goes on for ages until she gets to the petrol station. So like she runs like, through the, the like thickets for ages, and then she finally gets into the house, and then she gets out of the house by jumping through the window, and then she's chased again, and it's just like it's just like nothing's really happening, but it just it, it feels very the way that it's filmed makes it feel very kind of action packed, yeah. But like it's kind of like if it was like shot from afar or like with like a wide lens, it would look really boring, <laughs> just mm. like wee wee. Also, wee. I, I, yeah, <laughs> and I I think there's um. There's a shift in the in the way it's shot from the beginning to the end because there are lots of wide shots at the beginning, 
Yeah, that's true. You know, like when the hitchhiker first jumps into the van, there's a really beautiful shot that shows the van just slowing down and then he jumps into it yeah and we don't we don't see the hitchhiker until he's sat in the back of the van and and there's something actually really like i like i don't know much about like film or whatever like in terms of the technicality of it but it looks like it's shot on some kind of like really high contrast high color like sort of film because it's very saturated in its colors and there's like a really like the bit where they first stumble across the leatherface house when they're trying to find who's there and there's that whole like finding the cars and that there's like really beautiful like um sunflower field and then there's like and, and she's like, wearing bright red shorts uh one of the characters yeah, that's really like and, glowing almost and um and yeah the shots of like the bright blue like sky with her like red shorts and the kind of like white mm. house it's just like it's like a really beautiful almost like sort of like still painterly photo. yeah 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 it's, it's, the, it's um, magical but i and i think there's there's a shift once they get into the house though where it's much more like uh, muted yeah quite um, kind of cramped um and sort of dark yeah. yeah yeah because that was the thing i completely forgot there was even nighttime in it because obviously when she finally escapes it's daytime again yeah so that's that's odd actually in terms of the chronology of what's happened i don't really understand how that you got like all the way through to the daytime again like if they were just having dinner but <laughs> or how long she was unconscious when yeah. she had all of her blood sucked yeah. out <laughs> um the uh the thing I thought which w- was unusual, which has only struck me watching it this time, is for, like, an iconic kind of, like... If you think of, like, iconic uh, sort of villains from, like, slashery films, like uh, uh, Michael Myers and uh, Freddy Krueger and Ghostface, they always wear the same outfit. We get three really, like, kind of <laughs> pronounced and iconic co- costume changes. Is costume. I am like he's serving three looks. It's like a ball. Businesswoman realness. He does. Yes, he ends with executive realness. Um, the um, it's like it's unusual because I think in our mind, in our collective memory, we remember two of those iconic looks. One of those is him and his in the apron yeah and the other one is him in the suit at the end and we forget about the grandma in the apron a little bit i don't think Um, i even clocked the makeup on the first like watching the kind of the blue eyeshadow and the red lip yeah um it's like funny it's such a funny detail and like obviously uh, did you find anything out about that and when you were researching it no i think it's probably a reference to ed gein yeah um who did like make himself up as a woman in with like a woman's face and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting as well that like obviously the psycho that's kind of the theme as well that he dresses up as the grandmother. And in like... uh Buffalo Bill. Yeah, yeah. That's kind true. of transy vibes. Yeah. It's um, interesting. Yeah, it's weird, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> do, do you know what I mean about it being unusual to have three different Yeah, looks? especially as the other ones don't change <laughs> yeah. their And and it happens within like the space of a day. Yes. Like <laughs> Um, but like, I think, I think one, like the, be- I think, well, I don't know. I think personally, the best, like, most horrific, like, sequence in it is the dinner table sequence mm. when she's tied up because basically it's weird because all that's happening is she's screaming, but she's very good at like acting scared. Yeah, like, she does an amazing job of screaming and being terrified. Like it's really believable. Like it looks like she's actually dying. And, and like, also, I guess the fact that we know how traumatic that scene was yeah. to make. <laughs> but I mean, imagine how exhausting it would have been in like, the boiling heat, having to scream your head off yeah. for that many hours. But um, but then like it's just that that her actual pure terror 
kind of countered with their lolling at her, just like mm. really dispassionate, like, ha ha, you're a stupid bitch, we're gonna kill you. <laughs> like, it's just like, just lolling their heads off. And it's just that that's so chilling because you don't really see that kind of like a level of like, kind of playing with the mm. food, I guess, in that way. Yeah. Where it's just like, you just like, <laughs> where it's just like, you know, they're really relishing her horror and they're just like being like, do you think this is scary? Do you think this is mm. scary? And like really like messing with her in a way that's just like quite kind of, the cruelty is like next level essentially yeah. in quite a kind of startling way. But I guess it's also And it's not physical torture either, is no. it? No. And it's just, yeah, like pure psychological kind of just like, and the fact that they just don't give a shit that she's horrified. Mm. Like, and they're just loving it. Yeah, and also, like... you, you get, you get. The, I mean, they they're not smart enough to be like, we're going to emotionally manipulate and traumatize. Yeah, they're just like that's just how they're behaving. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because obviously it starts with like him, like when he puts her in the sack and like, <laughs> lol, um, and then in the car, it's just like it's weird because he's doing a weird thing where he's like come on, it'll be over soon, like, comforting voice, but also poking it with a stick and laughing. Yeah. It's just, like, really, like, weird, like, yeah, just, like, kind of just torture, but just for fun. Um, yeah, I, I wonder how, to what extent he is the most genuinely, like, malevolent of them. Well, that's and the funny has, thing, isn't it? Because him he, saying, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't stomach the actual act of murder, mm. uh, but everything else is fine. Yeah, um, and also he is... Um, he seems to be the most kind of, uh, I don't want to say intelligent, but the least like kind of uh, damaged damaged <laughs> of them all. And yeah. I wonder if like he's kind of like grandpa used to be that figure and now yeah. he's that figure that kind of makes the others do their bidding. Yeah. So that the other two are kind of, I mean, obviously they're responsible, but they're also like kind of puppets. To yeah, a puppet because he does also. like, he beats the, the hitchhiker one with the stick as well when he sees yeah. him returning to the house. Um, yeah, he's definitely the one that's in control. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's unusual. I, like, I do, yeah, like I said, I didn't think you see that kind of like acted out cruelty, uh, performed in such an obvious way. Like, it, like where it's like, they're, they're finding it delicious, mm. you know, it's like, mm, it's mm, foreplay. Mm. Yes. 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 Any other hot takes, or shall we move on to representation? Um, I think that's. Uh, I was going to comment about the like him dancing around in the sunset with the chainsaw being quite beautiful, but it is you kind of you did you did obviously mention that, and, and also that was apparently filmed during an earlier sequence, yeah. um, where uh, I can't remember which sequence it would have been through the, in the same chase scene because of what he's wearing, but then. Uh, Toby Hoopy liked it so much that he kind of had it as like the final scene. You know what? Also, can you remember? Do you? I, you I don't think you'll have retained this, but you know the um, the Walking Dead. Yeah. The opening credits uh, for the first like nine series, which is all you you haven't seen the yeah, more recent ones, have you? Um, yeah. The uh, the the sequence, the opening sequence ends with this guy in a suit this zombie kind of staggering around in like a hazy sort of like wheat field or something where it's all like kind of like lit in that kind of like glary way. And it really reminds me. And I wonder if it's like a direct nod to Leatherface. Oh, and he's also got like kind of wispy kind of big hair. Um, yeah. But yeah, that dancing scene really reminds me of that moment. Yeah. I was going to talk a little bit. I don't know why though about the head cheese thing. I've never heard of that. Is that like a real thing? It must be. So head cheese is, I looked oh. it up. It's a, um, it's like a kind of 
is it a terrine? Oh, yeah, like a Like cold meat, but it's made from the face of a pig. Yeah. Well, and it's the, eaten cold. He was saying that, obviously, the description was so visceral. This is another reason why I thought it was something to do with vegetarianism, because it's just like everything about the description of killing animals and the meat is just, like, horrible. Mm. Um, but, yeah, him talking about, like, basically, it's the head... Without the tongue, for some reason, I think. Mm. Well, you can eat tongue separately, can't you? I used to when I was younger. Isn't that disgusting? Oh, Before you, I, you loved a good tongue in when you good tongue sandwich, <laughs> mummy's tongue sandwich. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the fact that yeah, they boil down the whole head and then it becomes this like gelatinous like stuff that they call mm. it head cheese. Yeah, <laughs> and it contains no cheese. No, <laughs> that's not the worst thing about it. It's not, but it, it's, it's an additional. Uh, Oddity. Where's the cheese? <laughs> if only it had cheese. <laughs> so let's talk about representation. Cheese. So women should we start with? Let's start with women. I have a spicy take about this. I'd like to hear it, please. So apparently a big conversation that came out of this film was about violence towards women. And that was kind of the big takeaway from the film. Really? And and this is seen as like one of the prime examples of the final girl trope. Oh. Um, and the final girl trope is there, but I would like to argue that we don't actually see any women getting killed in the film, and that all of the deaths, the, uh, the confirmed deaths, are of men. Yeah, um, I mean, her being put on the hook is probably the worst thing that happens to any of them, though. It is, but she survives it. Because she's alive in the freezer afterwards. She has a lovely time sitting around <laughs> she, in the freezer she, Just icing her wounds. <laughs> oh, well, like, and and the, the actress that played Pam in the freezer said that in her mind, Pam survived because she was a fighter and she would have got out of the freezer. <laughs> Which is not canon, freezer, uh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I don't think it's as problematic as a lot of slashes are in terms, I mean, obviously they toy with the, 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 the so no. Pam's murder is, or assault <laughs> is more brutal than the men's. Yeah. And also like in a lot of slasher films, it's like, um, kind of a morality check where it's something to do with them being like sluts or something, mm. or like sluts and domestic commas, obviously, um, like, or having sex or like being like bad bad girls who drink and mm. stuff and they none of them are like that in this i mean not explicitly anyway like um they're just like a group of people um and i think the the men and the women get a sort of equal opportunity awfulness happening yeah i think so um, um i think if yeah i, th- I think if in if a, in any area the, the 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 most negative representation is around uh kind of poor hicks and people yeah, with disabilities like yeah kind of like classism and yeah like ableism yeah um yeah and i think i think she's actually quite a strong character especially like i mean like, we've mentioned it a few times she though, jumps out of the a window, window twice but the thing is it's like you never see that you always and also like it always happens that it's like women are too scared and a bit precious mm. in horror films which yeah, she doesn't demise. even think about it, does she? No, she's just like, yeet. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she, just, she just like flies through the window yeah. with like, a second thought. Just like, yeah. And, she's, she's, yeah, and she, 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 oh, she defends herself. She gets a knife as soon as she sees that the, the guy's got a rope. Yeah. Um, she's like ready to she's quite fight. She's yeah. She, she puts, I mean, she has the opportunity to fight back more than the others do because the, the others are all a bit more like surprise attacks. But she also does fight back more yeah yeah um, i think she's quite kind of tough like 
for like uh, yeah like a, for Sasha I don't think that it's a bad representation of women I think if she was like cowering and just like screaming and flopping all over yeah. the place so she doesn't she's like really fighting all the way through like yeah, yeah weird agreed agreed um there are no people of color in this. Oh uh, well, is is the is the I mean no significant ones anyway. Is the van driver the lorry driver at the end? Oh, is he a person yeah, of color? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the I, I think it's interesting because I mean this is very a very white film both in terms of the cast but also like this is a film about white people. Like, yeah, this it's is about a white the deep film. Self. Um, yeah, like... And I think um, I think it also captures a very specific negative stereotype of poor white people in the American South. Yeah. Um, I meant Deliverance must have been after this, surely. Uh, Deliverance was 1972, two years earlier. Right. And that's kind of, that was the beginning and of the that trope, wasn't it? 1977. Oh, yeah. Three years after. Because those were the, those were the two that occurred to me as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, so yeah, like, this one was in between them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that trope, I think, well, it still kind of exists, doesn't it? There's like, um, so I think, oh, but Wolf Creek is set in Australia, isn't it? But it's still the same kind of idea of these kind of people who are out of like yeah. society's norms, yeah, sort of um, like uh, like poverty and like manual a, work yeah. uh, with the land, yeah. uh, cut off from civilization yes. in inverted commas. Um, so yeah, so um, I guess we'll just like segue on to what you want to do first, like disability or... Well, let's talk a little bit about class. Yeah. Um, because I think this ties onto this. And I also think that the class is also tied with the representation of disability as well. Right. Um, <clears throat> which, so basically, the even right at the very beginning when they go to the graveyard, we we meet a character who's like a drunk yokel kind yeah, of lying on the floor so many walling around. hanging around the graveyard. It's quite strange, um, I think. And there's like, there seems to be suggested in this a very strong intersection between like poorness and like manual work yeah and like kind of farm work and like cognitive disability maybe yeah because the um we 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 can assume and we know that that's how it was played that leatherface has some sort of mental disability we can assume that the hitchhiker probably does as well um yeah and uh and he also has like uh it's not it's i don't know that it was classed as a disfigurement he's got a big birthmark on his face yeah. which is sort of part of the horror yeah, and like yeah. he's kind of speaks through one side of his mouth he's mm. playing like a a sort of a crude stereotype of a, a disability of some sort yeah yeah um yeah and i th- i i think it you can't really separate it from the fact that they are this is not just a bad portrayal of people with disabilities this is or like a grossly sort of kind of clownish version of a, a portrayal of people with disabilities but it's also uh it's also very much about uh like rednecks yeah yeah um, yeah <clears throat> um yeah and i think it's weird though cuz it's, it's like they're they're almost like so eccentric that you can't really place them i mean but it's obviously a caricature isn't it like it's just like I mean, it's like not like not like a stereotype because it's so out there. Like it's like yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't you can't like be like oh yes, all these hillbillies love a little bit of <laughs> like e cannibalism, cross dressing <laughs> cannibalism. They love it. And cocktails. That, that, oh, that should be my uh, autobiography. <laughs> Evening wear. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's like very crude. Yeah, um, and it, yeah, it feeds into that horror of just being like cut off from normality or like normal civilization. And mm. obviously, they're they're meant to represent this kind of peace and love, kind of hippie vibe that was happening around that time. 
and they're going into the something that's kind of the opposite almost of that. Like <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think in terms of disability, the most interesting character to look at is Franklin. Yeah, um, who is in inverted commas one of the goodies, um, even though. I'm not sure he's supposed to be likable, but I found him sympathetic all the same. Yeah, I the, think I think a lot of him is like a lot of the way that he acts out is through frustration about the way he's being treated as well. It's not yes. actually that he's being annoying. Yeah, and there's also a bit where he, um, it sounds like they didn't want him to come in the first place, but then he was brought along on, under the. Uh, and the belief that it was going to be just like a nice little quick trip out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think any of them were planning for what happened. But also there's a bit where his sister, Sally, is like, she's like, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry for snapping. It's just been a really hard day. And it's like, he rolled down a fucking hill and was stabbed by a hitchhiker. He's had a worse day than you have. <laughs> Come on. Um, Come on, Sally. Yeah. But I think the, um, I think the most negative portrayal of him is the fact that he's seen as like a burden to them. Yeah. Like, um, even just when, uh, I forget which one of the men is, is putting down the planks to like wheel him out to go to the toilet. He's like huffing and puffing because yeah, he's got to like yeah, push yeah, him yeah. down. It's just like, you know, it's, just it's do it. Sort of, it's sort of interesting. Like, I don't really know what the purpose of his character was, really. I mean, like, it's funny because it's obviously, like, it's terrible representation. So it's not, like, a good thing that he was included as a story. Like, He's like, also played by a, a person who's not in a wheelchair. Yeah, of course. Um, so the the guy who played him originally uh, volunteered, uh, that's not the word, uh, auditioned to be the hitchhiker. But oh. they didn't they didn't like him for that part, so the cast him as Franklin. Okay. And I don't really see that, like, it's like, I think that it's meant to be insinuated that he has some kind of, like, yeah, neurological, like, issue, but I don't really see it. Like, it doesn't really, there's a bit where he, like, he has a tantrum and he, like, blows raspberries, but, mm. like, I, I can imagine me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, yeah, because he's just, like, mimicking them all having fun, and they're all having fun upstairs, and yeah, they just left him. Yeah, downstairs. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and- I, get, I get his frustration, but he is, I think the... He's represented, I think we're supposed to read him as, or at least the audience at the time was probably supposed to read him as being a burden on everyone, being very complainy, um, being very impulsive, uh, because uh, he, uh, you know, he's like scratching the side of the van with his knife and like obsessed with gore and blood. And he's really interested in the process of slaughtering animals and stuff. He's he's meant to be a peculiar character more so than the yeah, others. Yeah, whether think. he's meant to be some kind of like whether they're trying to like say like, look, this is the thing that if you're interested in gore and like you, you must have a disability, which explains why this family is also so weird. Oh. Um, so yeah, that kind of that sort of makes. I mean, it makes sense in a horrible way, but uh, yeah, it's interesting because he's also like he's the one that's like getting into the sort of like nitty gritty of the kind of head cheese conversation yeah. and then like all just like about like the way that they're killed and all that and like basically it's like it has the sort of like strikes up almost a friendship with the hitchhiker mm. like immediately where the rest of them are all like watching their conversation in horror like, like yeah uh, and i think in a way he's nicer to the hitchhiker at first oh yeah, yeah but yeah, also yeah. you pointed out a bit later he's also the most cautious and sensible when they're like yeah. When things are getting perilous. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, he's like, because when, um, who's the, the final girl? What's Sally. Name? Sally. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, he's like, I'm going to go and find out where everyone is. Give me the flashlight. I'll leave you here. It's like, uh, no, don't go. It's like, let's just like, wait here. Yeah. Like, so, like, probably wouldn't have died if, uh, if she'd listened to him. Yeah. And also, the, I guess part of his cautiousness comes from the fact that he is more vulnerable than the rest of them as well. Yeah. Um, because it's not like, 
you know, they're not in, there aren't wheelchair ramps around, are they? They're in the, like, yeah. middle of this kind of, like, Rough. perilous terrain. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, shall we talk about queer representation? <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you have any thoughts? I know you will. I don't, I, like, I'm, I'm able to hear it. Come on. Bring it um, on. <laughs> so, uh, Leatherface is a non-binary icon. <laughs> <laughs> Who's perfectly justified in all of his behavior. I don't believe that part. But, um, so... It was his property. Their property. <laughs> exactly. So, in a household of men, Leatherface occupies both masculine and feminine roles more successfully than any of the rest of them do. Yeah. He does the kind of butchering and the slaughtering. He's the hunter and the gatherer. Yeah. Um, he also does the cooking. And he also makes an effort to look beautiful for dinner. Is just the cleaning? So I don't think he does. No <laughs> he one does the cleaning. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's it, there's a there's a level of like domestication about him. Well, that's what that I you don't see with the others. True, that, like he has a quite a kind of like tidy kill method, and the fact that he pops them both in the freezer as well. Just yeah, like... and the kitchen's spotless yeah. when the next one wanders. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Actually. <laughs> the whole house is full of like feathers and bows, but the kitchen is spotless. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think there's like I don't know, I'm sure there is a more intelligent gendered reading of like Leatherface's behaviour, but like um because I think he is assuming in some way a woman when he puts on the mask of when he puts on the woman's face. The grandma. Yeah, yeah. He plays the grandma. He's and like when they're sat at the table, the hitchhiker's like, Do you think he looks pretty? Do you think he looks pretty? And he's kinda of like showing her his face yeah, yeah. showing her his face. Um yeah, I think he's he's an interesting character, and I would I'd like to say canonically uh, a non-binary icon. Yes, I think yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see I can see that was coming. Yeah, could <laughs> you? <laughs> uh, so yes, that's yeah. that's my hot queer reading. Yeah, like. great, thank you, thank you for sharing. Ah ah awards. Awards. Ah ah awards. Yeah. Oh, that was like PC music. Yeah. It's more of a nod to the nineties techno, I'd say. Oh, was it? Thank you. That's kind of you. Thank you. So yeah, should we should we do the awards then? Let's bash them out. Yeah. Not so bothered. So, so who who was your best character, Sean? Uh, my best character was the hitchhiker's furry chicken. Pouch. That's my Is one. It? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely spent too much time together. We've got rather uh, complementary sensibilities, I believe. <laughs> I was considering um, the armadillo roadkill that features, but um, oh, yeah. the furry chicken pouch was uh, an icon <laughs> in a non-binary uh, icon. <laughs> the second non-binary icon. <laughs> this might be the queerest film we've reviewed. <laughs> Um, so uh, on to your spoofiest first Uh, I found this a bit tricky because I don't find it a scary film I find it quite a funny film but um, and I remember even the first time I saw it when I would have been I was probably early teens I remember not finding it very scary either but uh, maybe the spoofiest bit is where Leatherface just kind of emerges from in the darkness when it's Franklin and uh, and Sally Um, my spoofiest bit which is more of like ooh 
um, is when they cut her finger and feed it to Grandpa, and he suckles. Oh on yeah, her. it's just like because you think he's a corpse, and then when he starts going, oh yeah, like, and it's ah! the way his, his, his hands are moving, like all excited. Yeah, that was yeah, like, that is gross. quite chilling. It's also there's an element of like Nosferatu about that bit That's as well. Uh, there's yeah. a nice little finger sucking scene in that too, <laughs> with a, a similarly sort of a singer fucking, <laughs> <laughs> a lovely singer fucking. <laughs> Um, so, and, and on to your funniest moments. So I have two bits. I have yeah. a feeling one of them is going to be the same one, which is when... Because <laughs> we did a lot of laughing when it happened. Which is when the guy in the petrol station beats her with a broom. Yeah, when she's holding a knife and he just swats it out with a broom and then hits her enough that she actually she falls down and is knocked out. <laughs> just with a broom. With like, like a straw broom. She's like, sure, stop it, you. <laughs> like, He's dusting the cobwebs <laughs> off her aggressively. Like, ah! <laughs> yeah, I think we see someone getting struck with a broom more than we do with a chainsaw. <laughs> the brutal brooming. <laughs> the Texas broomsaw massacre. <laughs> the big Texas sweep. <laughs> uh, the other bit I thought was very funny is when uh, Pam, who's probably the most boring character, when she she's really uh, into horoscopes and she's reading them and and shortly after uh, <laughs> after Franklin has uh, rolled down the hill and then been cut by the hitchhiker, she reads his horoscope <laughs> and it says, "You have a disturbing and troubling day." <laughs> <laughs> That is good. Um, uh, I, yeah, mine was going to be the broom, but I had also an additional one, which was um, when Franklin's left downstairs and they're all having fun upstairs. Oh, yeah. And, and he's like, oh, I was told this was going to be a fun day out. And then he says, if I have any more fun today, I don't think I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a lot more fun. He did. <laughs> there was only more fun to be had. <laughs> um, so on to best death. Uh, so I think, and I th- maybe you won't agree with this, I think Kirk's death, which is the first one, is the best death. I think it's up there, yeah. Beaten with the mallet thing, and then it's the twitching thing. Yeah, it's the um, twitching. That's like, you don't see that like in many films, mm-hmm. that kind of level of like reality. Yeah, like, especially since we've already heard it being described, that's what happens to the animals. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was mine. What about yours? Um, actually, uh, it's it's quite kind of a sort of like tiny bit, but um, basically the reason that it's, I have a fondness for this death is because when I saw the film at the cinema, everyone applauded and cheered, um, and it was when uh, the hitchhiker gets it's, hit by the oh, truck. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I remembered it as being Leatherface because it was so long ago. I just completely oh, forgot. Really? But yeah. Hit the bit where the hitchhiker like, goes under the wheels of the truck. Everyone in the audience of the cinema went, Woo! And you've never, you never so seen that. so funny. Yeah. You know, the only time I've ever heard people cheer in a horror film, and it was when we saw it together, it was when we saw Get Out. Yeah. At the end, um, when the, the police car pulls up and you're like, oh, fuck. Fuck. Yeah. But then it's his friend who yeah, gets out. Yeah, yeah. The, the audience literally cheered. Like that's yeah. so weird that they did it that I point know. as well. I think it, yeah, it was uh, like it was it was really shocking, but it was kind of it made sense because like the sense of relief you have at that point. Weirdly, but I didn't it, feel it this time actually, but like it just like it has a, a place in my heart. Yeah, it is a good death. Um, uh, what about the worst one? Uh, I think we're probably gonna have the same one. Do you want to say? Jerry. Yeah. You know, I can't even remember what happened to him. He, he gets hit with something, he, he? he? just, he basically finds what's a place oh, in, the in the freezer. Oh, in the freezer and then gets hit by Leatherface. She jump, like, pops her head up and goes, Ooh, and then he turns around and Leatherface head just goes, boop, and his yeah. head and he falls down. Yeah, <laughs> that is the weakest. 
Uh, what's the queerest? Uh, the queerest <laughs> is non-binary icon Leatherface's yeah. grandma apron. <laughs> oh, I think, yeah, it's full paint. Uh, yeah. It's, it's quite iconic. It's just like, the fact that he has, like, makeup on is just so hilarious. Like, I can't believe I missed it. Like, it's just like, well, yeah, so You good. see, I think in a way, um, like, doing, like, full sort of drag face for dinner, like, that's, that's camp. Yeah. Doing grandma... That's commitment. Yeah. That's like commitment <laughs> to exploring different elements of your gender and age identity. Age play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and who is your sexiest character? I have a short list of three. What? <laughs> I have one. Who uh, is yours? Um, I wonder if I was like one of mine is on yours. Um, mine was the hitchhiker. Yes. I think he's the fittest character. I think he probably is. I think in, in real life he probably would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously not because of what he does in a lot. I, th- I think the... Aesthetically. Aesthetically, yes. Agreed. So my top three are him, Kirk, who's the sort of generically fancy, uh, handsome, oh, kind well, of funky well, the guy one. the denim shirt, which is open. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Sally is very hot as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with the hitcher. Yeah, I thought you'd be like, what? No. But, you, know, you, you know, I like a bit of rough. A little bit of rough trade. A little bit of cannibal trade. Um, a <laughs> little bit of cannibals, cocktail and cross-dressing. <laughs> crosswords. <laughs> Set, no, that's just crosswords with grandma <laughs> Oh, So, Pumpkins. Pumpkins. Um, I'm going to say three and a half pumpkins. Wow. Uh, wow, in which way? Well, you'll soon find out, won't you? Do you think it's better? Or worse? Uh, I think it's four for me. Do you? Yeah. Um, do you want to say why and then I'll say why? Uh, yes. So, I think it's brilliant and iconic, but I do think there are real slow moments in it. Really? Yeah, um... Oh, I think the beginning is quite slow. Um, and, like, I don't mind slowness if there's also a lot of, like, really strong dialogue or something. But there isn't. No. And I think as well, like, uh, the fact that I ended up liking the bad characters better than the good characters is a bit of a downside because that stopped it that stops it being that tense for me yeah. because I'm not so invested in the characters I see. um but I think it's brilliant but I'm not sure it's a 4 I think for me it's a 3 and a half yeah I think the reason it's a 4 for me is because it it does it's so, there's something magical about the way that it's directed or like something about the way that it's put together that makes it kind of it elevates everything about it to a point that is way above it should like everything to do with the story, everything to do with the plot. There's just something about the way it's shot that makes it like tense and kind of like uh, confusing and a bit kind of like uh, dizzying, like in a sort of fun way that you just like don't get from other films and just kind of like. You're right. That's also why it, it can never be remade. And it, could, it no other remake would work, no yeah. sequel would work, because the story itself isn't the pull of the film. Yeah. And, like, a lot of the, um, when, a lot of what we were talking about when we were watching it was, like, 
there's no blood. Like there's yeah, no blood. Like there's an, it, it, like an ingenuity about it that that makes it yeah, more effective. Yeah, you don't effective see than any kind of guts or anything. Like you don't see any. Like you, you only see one wound, and that's a little one on like Leatherface's leg towards the yeah. end. Um, but yeah, there's just something about the way that it's kind of like constructed, essentially, that just makes it really like fascinating and really compelling. Mm. Um, which is so, usually that's not enough for me, but in this case, somehow it just like really adds like an element to it that just like and i think maybe the reason that it, it it is for you is because that's not the reason why the film is remembered by everyone everyone mm. remembers it for these kind of key moments but it's actually the the magic of it is the is the sort of choppy chaoticness yeah. of it all and i think but the thing is it's weird because it feels chaotic but it also feels like uh purposeful like in yeah. the way that it's done and like. also understated in a weird way yeah because you quite often get this kind of like there's this, like, not trope, but, like, it's a way of filming in, in horror films where um, the camera is all, like, wobbling around while someone's being attacked and you can't actually see anything and they're screaming and stuff. Mm. Uh, but it doesn't really... It, it does this, but in a very different way where it's actually still and close, um, but just from different angles repeatedly, mm. um, where you don't actually see that much, but you do... What you do see is clear... And it's just like, it's something about the way that that's done is like quite interesting, I think. It's more along the lines of the shower scene in Psycho than it is anything yeah, else, that's really. True, um, and I wonder to what extent, I mean, I think a lot of it was very, I mean, it was all very purposeful and intentional, but I also wonder to what, what, how much of it was in response to a low budget yeah. that meant that they had to do this or they had to find really in, like creative ways, ways of, of working of, around the kind um, of gore and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, mm. but I, yeah, I think it's like, sort of like a magical film for me. It's quite kind of fun, yeah. um, and the fact that it's like it has all this kind of like kind of backstory being banned and just like sort of just being this kind of like yeah, it's kind of iconic in its own right in a weird way. Where it's mm. like, and usually obviously that doesn't really like hold sway with me, but for some reason this film actually does. Yeah, um, um, especially because it was like it's pure hysteria over nothing. Yes. Um, <laughs> whereas like with other films, you can kind of see why they might be banned because of the sensibilities of the time. But the late 60s, uh, oh no, actually it was the early, early 70s. 70s. Yeah. There's no good reason why something this, like I'm sure there were a bloodier films from that yeah, period. Why was The Exorcist banned? I know we're not talking about The Exorcist. But... Why was it banned? Yeah. Blasphemy, probably. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Mm. Anyway. Um... But also it was a child and this like, that is more gruesome. A she child. stabs herself in the <gasps> a child. She a child. stabs herself in the fanny with a cross. Like yes. there are more gruesome bits. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Um, well, uh, seven and a half pumpkins out of ten, I think, is very good. Delicious. Yeah. Like grandpa's suckling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I did originally have a little bit of a concern that I wouldn't be able to find anything about this film because it's so like on the nose and also we've talked about Ed Gein quite a lot mm. um, and other things as we've already said. Um, but having a little look around the folklore of Round Rock in Texas where the film was filmed, um, mm. I found out that there's a local folklore um, that I'm going to share with you now. Local folklore. Lord. Local folklore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's... Um, uh, around a, 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 a sort of a, a creature called the hairy man. Um, 
<laughs> Which is obviously hilarious in its own way. But, um, ha- uh, uh, George Harriman. Yeah. <laughs> George Servants. I do a great barbecue. Um, anyway, uh, so the origin story of Round Rock's Harriman is a bit mixed. Um, so uh, what we do know, aside from him being hairy and a man, um, is that he was... That's settled. enough for me. <laughs> the end. <laughs> um is that he was separated from his pioneer family as a young boy um, by either falling out of their covered wagon unnoticed or by a flash flood that divided them and they never rec- reconciled or found each other again. Oh. Um, so he ended up growing up in the forest, uh, possibly with the help of animals, not sure, um, uh, forgetting that he was uh, human. Um, and he grew hair all over his body, apparently, just because it was you know cold and nature. I think just because it was cool um, uh, as an animal. And growing incredibly tall for no reason. Um, <laughs> so he lost the ability to speak, or maybe he never learned how to speak. Um, you, so we so, don't know how old he was when he fell off a wagon slash drowned. He was just a boy. <laughs> oh, just, just, a, just, just a, boy. a wee boy. Um, so, a hairless boy. Uh, he was then a hairless boy. Um, <laughs> who grew up to be... Sorry, anyway. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so having lost the ability to speak, uh, the only way he apparently he learned how to interact with people was to scare them. Um, because he, and he just loved seeing like the way that like they'd like run away screaming every time he popped out of the woods. And it'd make him actually lol, apparently, like laugh. <laughs> um, That's fun. So, um, so his favorite method of uh, freaking people out was uh, apparently dangling his legs low enough from trees so that his like toenails would scrape along the rooftops of passing stagecoaches. Um, scaring the <laughs> occupants in the process. Um, I hate long <laughs> <laughs> um, And he would like super lol while doing it. He just loved it. It was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> so mild. Um, and so then, uh, but one fateful night, he got carried away with the lolling and didn't concentrate enough on the artistry and the technicality of his, his <laughs> toenailing. Um, and he got pulled down in front of the stagecoach and uh, squished to death by its wheels. Oh. Uh, but weirdly, in cryptid stories, which never happens, he becomes a ghost. So now he's a ghost of a cryptid. Uh, oh. Well, he's a man, I suppose. Um, uh, but um, So the ghost of Harry Man apparently continues to haunt. Does he count as a cryptid since he has, like, human, human origins? Well, the fact that he grew really tall, I think, and was covered in long hair, which isn't really normal, I suppose. Mm. Um, anyway, um, and it, but they see it as like a, I think, a, a real story, like a true story. Like, mm. um, anyways, so um, so apparently, like, he continues to haunt from the forest at the edge of the road, which is now called Harry Man Road. Um, <laughs> Harry Man's toenails road, <laughs> <laughs> and he just sort of looming in the shrubbery, uh, trying to scare passers-by. Um, <laughs> So, uh, residents of Round Rock... Sounds pretty harmless, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is it. So, residents of Round Rock celebrate him annually with the Harryman Festival now. Um, <laughs> oh! uh, I know. Uh, it's each October. If ever there was something that could potentially entice me to Texas, it would be the Harryman <laughs> Festival. Um, but they do it in October, just before Halloween. So, it has a Halloween-y feel, but it isn't Halloween. Um, and there's, uh, this is like me reading off the website. Um, there's food, fun, and festivities galore, um, oh. including a Harry Man concert, a contest, and the winner is the hairiest contestant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm going uh, to be winning that. One. <laughs> I looked up this year's festival. It happened just. Recently. I think you're going to say this year's winner, <laughs> and he was quite hairy. No, um, and uh, it just happened on the 16th of October. Just, just, just come. Um, Does it say hairiest contestant? Yeah, not hairiest man. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, actually. trans inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so reading off the website, so it says features free activities including uh, meet Harry Man, Beetlejuice, Dracula, and more. Oh. Uh, don't let the sandworm get you. <laughs> I don't know what that is, <laughs> but I won't be letting him get me. <laughs> um, hop on the trackless train. Oh. What does that mean? Uh, visit the pumpkin patch. Uh, walk through the giant spider web. Um, listen to the DJ play music. <laughs> um, light twirlers performance in brackets after dark. Um, and launch a <laughs> launch a pumpkin from a trebuchet. What's that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Is it like, like a, a uh, like a sling, a big like wooden slingshot I thing. Think so yeah. yeah, this sounds adorable. I know. <laughs> this is the cutest Scooby <laughs> moment ever. <laughs> I want to go <laughs> like just like a harmless man with long toenails who's like <laughs> and then like a lovely DJ event <laughs> and pumpkin throwing. Don't let the sandworm get ya. <laughs> Our dorms. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. I mean we'll record an episode from that. <laughs> yeah, live from the uh, pumpkin trebuchet. Texas chainsaw. Oopsie. It was all true. You know, I wonder if they're like keen to embrace that in like a really joyous fun way because texas chainsaw massacre was filmed there yeah it might be that it's adding to the kind of spoopy fun of the area or to kind of so. counter the more like kind of terrifying yeah. uh, story <laughs> like a funny little yeah, because, because a lot of people but still now believe that that's based on a true story because of the original titles of the film oh, really? that's so, so yeah funny. maybe they are just trying to like Oh, like I can imagine, like the sort of council board being like, "We need a fun, charming, adorable <laughs> cryptid to counteract at a festival with light twirling and a DJ. <laughs> That'll get the tourists back." <laughs> oh, that pumpkin trebuchet! Mm. <laughs> but we must wear, we'll be wear, <laughs> we must make them aware of the the sandworm. Don't let the sandworm get you. <laughs> I just I can't imagine what that is. Like, I love that there's no context. No, to it's just either. like what? It's like a, like you go in a sand pit. And then a sandworm gets you. I don't, I don't really understand. When someone dresses as a sandworm and chases you. Well, we'll have to. There's only one way we can find out. Next year. Next this year. Is, this is you can fundraise. <laughs> We're going to do a Kickstarter. <laughs> Bloody Marys to Red Rock, Texas. Uh, Harryman Festival. <laughs> If you're enjoying Bloody Marys, please subscribe, like, and review on whichever platform you listen to us on, and share with your friends. You can follow us on Instagram at Bloody Marys Podcast, and that is Marys with a Z. Um, and you can also find a link to our spooky Spotify playlist there as well. Uh, our theme tune is by Pink Pound, and you can follow them on Instagram at Pink Pound Sound. <laughs>